Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Netflix's Lock and Key, the comic Lock and Key, and the concept of locks and the concept of keys. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And here we are, finally, at the end of season one. We are going to be talking about the final episode, the 10th episode, Lock and Key, Crown of Shadows, written by Carlton Hughes and Meredith Averill, and directed by Vincenzo Natale. It has been a long journey to get here, but we are finally there. Now, of course, we're going to recap what's happened so far. We're going to try very hard not to talk too much about comic book spoilers, because... There's a lot of stuff going on in this episode, Um, but we definitely want to talk about this episode, and I want to talk about the season as a whole. Uh, So we had a lot of expectations going into this. We read the comics. We love the comics. I think so far for nine episodes, we've been pretty happy with it, but how do you feel about how it wrapped up? How do you feel about the season as a whole? Broad strokes. Pete, you believe this guy's been keeping all these secrets from what was happening in the show? I know. This has been hard. This has been very hard. I cannot hard. believe you've kept it from us. Oh, oh my God. Kudos. Somebody in our, uh, I think it was actually Joe Crack in our Patreon Slack, patreon.com slash comic book club, asked me, he was like, hey, that thing that you haven't talked about that they haven't figured out yet, how do you uh, keep that away from them? And are you hating it? Are you loving it? And I was like, the hardest thing is just I in my head what I'm thinking about when you guys have been talking about various things that happened in this episode is like uh-huh. don't move, don't move your face don't move your face don't, <laughs> make, just don't oh, react because wow. we You're see like, no you. tell no no tell, tell. no tell yeah. yeah so there you go my my tell is in fact uh, no tell uh, yeah. so yeah that I I did just want you guys I wanted you guys to enjoy it I wanted you guys to enjoy these twists and turns so uh, what was your take. I mean, what? I got to say, I think I talked about this a little bit last episode, and it just proved to be doubly true in this final episode. The way that they took the, the, all the different elements from the book from, like, so many different stories and arcs and um, combined them and shook them up and remixed it for this series, it just came together so well, so smart. And then the uh, this episode had so much new stuff um, in it that I thought worked great. A lot of surprises, a couple surprises. I was like, I see this, I see, I know what's happening. Um, just really great. Yeah, Pete, yeah what about would, you? First, I'd like to talk about like the the. Uh, I was so nervous about watching this last episode, like. So worried how how a season ends, how a book ends like um, these things are super important. You're an endings guy. You're an endings guy. If you stick the the landing that can uh, cover a lot of other missteps. But I've been in love with the thing for very for most of the episodes. So I was really nervous about the way this ended. Are you Uh, a quick question? I don't want to start to interrupt you. Are you going to have like a killer funeral? Oh, dude, it's gonna be sick, bro. You gotta, you, you gotta no tie idea. together all a lot dude, of loose threads. You better, you better be there, man. You better be I'm there. You'll be see there. yourself. I'm it's gonna, gonna be, be yeah. it's gonna be crazy. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, I was super nervous about it, and I was, I was pretty surprised. It was kind of like a to be continued type thing, you know. It wasn't like a, you know, okay. Happy ending. Okay, this is where we're leaving it off, walking away. Because I had like a couple moments where I'm like, this can't really be the ending. I had to go down, you know, touch the bar at the bottom and make, oh, we still got 10 minutes left. You know, like, yeah. It was kind of uh, like, no. I thought you were talking serious about the fakes. actual ending, not you stopped it half an hour, but in the middle of the episode, you're like, this can't possibly be the ending. Walked away, yeah. made some lunch. And you're like, oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, to yeah. Pete's point, though, I do think um, the the show did a good job of ending sort of well before the episode was over. And yeah. so it was like, oh, wow, this is great. And then it was like, wait a second, it's too great. 
oh shit, oh shit, yeah. oh shit, oh shit, and then we were finally at the, the yeah. last review. Well, I don't know why you were like, oh, this is too great, because you knew something else. That was way too easy. The whole fucking thing was yes. way too easy for it to really be the end. But I do think that was the smart, the way it felt like an ending, and then that dread yeah. slowly built up in us oh, to finally be like, like something's off here. Yeah. And then and it yeah. wasn't just one thing, it was like four things. Well, what I think the right. season did really successfully... I, I, oh, go ahead, Pete. And I felt like, uh, no, I don't want to interrupt. I want to hear what you're saying. But I also like felt like, yeah, I it wasn't like such a deke where you were like, what? It was like, yeah, this is right. This <laughs> yeah. feels right. Because I kind of, I never, I never trusted Gabe. So like, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, you got you got very close. You, I mean, yeah, you said I it and then you backed redeemed. off on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that like, no, that was definitely the point where I was like, do I say something? Do I say something? <laughs> oh, your <laughs> eyeballs give it away. When your eyeballs get real big, yeah. yeah my tail yeah. is going <gasps> like that. Really, just very deep. <laughs> but what gasp. were you going to say about the season? We oh, play what poker. I was going to say is that, like, I think what they were aiming for was thematically dealing with things over the course of the season, which I think they dealt with uh, successfully. You know, we talked about how. Tyler, at least emotionally, really reached his resolution a couple of episodes ago. Uh, And Kinsey has dealt with a lot of stuff as well. Nina has dealt with a lot of stuff as well. Uh, But really, and this is jumping ahead and talking about the end in a certain sense, but really what they dealt with was the death of Rendell. Is this something they can move beyond? Can they move beyond their grief? As Joe Ridgway said a couple of episodes back, that you don't you don't get rid of the grief, you just grow bigger around it. And I yeah. think that's what they did in this episode. But very smartly, as Jocelyn was saying, they also left it open because this isn't the end of the story. You know, there are things that from the comics you don't see until the end. But in terms of an adaptation, this is mostly the first three volumes with touches of the next three volumes. But there's more than enough story to go around for at least another season. And depending on how they uh, extend it, there could be uh, something even more. Yeah, there's that. a whole lot of other yeah. things to explore. But I, I think it was smart. Only... It was smart from a TV perspective is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um yeah, it was, I think overall, it was really well thought out, put together season. And I think that, like, they did a great job of balancing the horror kind of scary shit with the storytelling. Because you really did get a lot of mixed genre stuff in there. Like, you know, it was yeah. part Goonies, part, like... Who done the it. genre of Goonies? I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your? Just, I don't mean to interrupt. What is your favorite Goonies movie? Because mine is Goonies. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I interesting. like Gremlins. <laughs> Pete, favorite Goonies movie? Blade. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, that, was, that was surprisingly spot on from all three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's do a little bit of a recap because there is a lot of stuff that you oh, need to boy. go going to the episode. Uh, somebody the here in the comment section on uh, Crowdcast asked about Justin's mood. He's got a mood. Um, anyway, uh, so Locke family, their patriarch Rendell died. They moved to Matheson, Massachusetts. Nina, the mom, ostensibly moved there to get away from the bad vibes in Seattle after he was killed with a, by a dude named Sam Lesser. Uh, but really, she went because she didn't know her husband as well as she thought. And over the course of the series, she's learned a lot more about him. The more she's learned, the more she's struggled, particularly because, as it turns out, he, back in his youth, was embroiled with a group called the Keepers of the Keys, who are keeping magical keys that are littered throughout Key House that are created... Um, are tied in some way, we don't actually know how in the show, uh, to something called the Black Door or the Omega Door that is down in a place called the Drowning Caves right outside Key House's ancestral home. Uh, Because they opened the Black Door, (laughs) their friend Lucas Caravaggio was infected by a demon and wanted desperately to get back into the Black Door, went crazy. Rendell had to kill him. Rendell had to kill... uh, Lucas already killed several other of their friends... 
They covered up the murder, and the ones remaining swore not to tell anybody. So back in the present, Rendell was killed because of this, specifically because Lucas, a.k.a. Dodge is his nickname, uh, though Dodge is also his female identity, uh, had been released from Well House, the Well House that is near to Key House, um, thanks to something called the Echo Key that was released by a a lady named Ellie Whedon, who uh, Ellie was with Rendell back in the day, right? They were, they were boyfriend no, and girlfriend. Ellie, Ellie was, was with Ellie was with Lucas. Ellie was Lucas. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. That is a major plot point. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Ellie was with Lucas. Aaron uh, was with Rendell. Right, 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 right. So Ellie got, similar uh, names. Similar names. I mean, all names look the same to me, right? Pete. That's over true. there. Yep, I got yeah, you. That's your, You're pointing to me. That was a great <laughs> yes, song. Yeah, yeah, I'm pointing to you. Uh, anyway, so uh, Ellie released the ghost of Lucas, which was still infected by a demon. It escaped from Wellhouse, gathered a bunch of the keys, and has attacked the Locke children, including Tyler Locke, Kinsey Locke, and Bodie Locke. Uh, Bodie Locke has discovered a lot of the key stuff. He's also been working with Rufus Whedon, who is Ellie's son, to try to stop Dodge, a.k.a. Lucas, and let Last episode, they kind of screwed up a little bit, and Dodge ended up with something called the Crown of Shadows that allows yeah. him to control shadows, uh, make them bend to his will. Dodge still, though, is looking for the Omega Key, which he believes is inside of Rendell Locke's head, in other words, inside of his urn, inside of his ashes. Tyler found it, it last episode. It was there. Um, but as we find out this episode, it's not quite there anymore. Uh, and that pretty much leads us into this. The last thing you probably need to know is Nina was and is struggling with alcoholism. She has gotten mm-hmm. herself off of her bender, um, is still a little scared and nervous about it, and ultimately... She uh, she uh, bonded with a detective named Daniel Matuku, who she has struck up a friendship with as well. So plenty more things we probably need to talk about, uh, including I will just mention this, leave this dangling for later. The comic book is written by a guy named Joe Hill and uh, drawn by an artist named Gabriel Rodriguez, who we've had on our podcast before. This is super super important important for this. It's super important important. plot point. You got to know it. There you go. So let's jump into it. Uh, we actually kick off with lattes, as oh, as yes. you always do. As Those are predicted. some good looking lattes. I gotta say, great lattes, really. And it was a nice. Um, I really like the scene. It's just a nice starting place. A very calm, just chill latte. Let's yeah. get caffeinated up before we get into the uh, horrifying action. You know, only if she sat down and had a latte before she decided to move her family to this hell house. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think the decision by the end of the episode is that this was the right thing to do, Pete. Yeah. Which is insane to me, but sure. Pete. It definitely is. Pete, if, you wouldn't live in a magic house f- full of magic keys. Would uh, you have to, sorry, you had to fight di- one demon or two? Uh, uh, yeah, there's a difference between a magic house that is nice and magical versus a key house where there is literally people trying to kill you all the time. Name one magic house that's actually nice in any story. What's a good magic? Most magic houses are like, oh, it's candy, and then it's f- full of fucking witches. <laughs> and then pretty soon you're in an oven being baked into a pie. I mean, yeah. uh, that sounds kind of warm and nice, to be honest. True. Oh, man. You've been damaged. Way to go. You, you, yeah. You're damaged by the modern world, Alex. You're I looking for I a am. hug any which way you can. And <laughs> a hug from an oven is not I a will, hug. If I could reach out and touch a nice warm pie, I would just be so happy right now. <laughs> wait, wait. So, Selvin, that's how you want to die? You want to die being a pie? I got uh, to. Not to back off. What type Great of pie? Funeral. What type of pie, Pete? Pizza pie. I mean, are you apple pie? I mean, what's your favorite type of pie? It was, I honestly was thinking apple pie because I was like, okay, grab some warm cinnamon apples. And oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Have one last meal before you die? Mm-hmm. While you're yeah. roasty toasting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nina and Daniel are again, the ones <laughs> getting the lattes. We should probably specify that. Uh, they have a yes. talk about sobriety. It turns out, of course, he also is struggling with alcoholism. Um, and they talk about taking recovery in small steps. And, and like you said, Justin, I thought this scene was great. And in yeah. general, I thought Nina, a.k.a. Darby Stanchfield, was great in this episode. Just she is... Funnily enough, very side to the narrative here, but to me, she is the emotional crux of this episode. 
Well, it's interesting because she was, uh, as opposed to the comic book where she was sort of on the side uh, the whole time, she started to be a big part of the narrative and unraveling the mystery on her own terms. And then as it went on, sort of vanished. Her episode was uh, two, two back, um, where she really got to be the centerpiece, play with the magic, um, deal with her tragedy, and then move on. And now she's just having a little light romance. Ooh, do you yeah, think it's that, romance? Do you think it's... Well, uh, I do... That was what was upsetting is you had this really nice coffee with this detective. You both left smiling, walking on air. And then she comes home. She's like, let's get out of here. I think this dude likes me. Like, why would you immediately, you know? Well, I I mean, you meet someone and you're like, well, I'm not going to uproot my life like I'd planned. You know what I mean? Like, she had already sort of made the choice to move there, and this is just a nice, sweet moment. If anything, I think it impresses on her that there are good people in the world, and so maybe if they move back to Seattle, there will be good people there, too. Um, And, in fact, she does say, as as we kind of touched on, she says she thinks it isn't healthy for her and to be a Matheson, which I think is kind of correct to, like, deal with your husband's death by immediately moving to his family home where it is littered with memorabilia of it. She's right. That you have nothing to do with or have no part of. And then people who know, you know, your husband have these stories that they won't share with you. It's fucked up. Yeah. Well, but I think that's the issues. They hadn't, they were not able to mourn uh, Rendell's death. They, all of them were struggling with it, which is why they made the wrong choice, quote unquote, to move to Key House um, and wallow in it because they just weren't processing it. And over the course of the season, we've seen them all sort of come to terms with, what happened? Yeah. I, I just, uh, obviously I want the TV show to move forward, but I, I really want them to end like season two, uh, to just kind of like have a moment where they're sitting down and be like, we could have moved away, but when we had the chance, but no, no, you know, I'd like to, to take it a step further. I'd like the first episode of season two to be like, well, back to Seattle now. And then they deal with like <laughs> going, <laughs> going to the space needle and throwing fish to each yeah. other. You know, all the regular Meeting. stuff that, Meeting Frasier. <laughs> that would be what cool. What are they going to do with all those tossed salad and scrambled eggs? That's what I want yes. to know. Yes. Uh, so then we get to the bulk of the episode. Uh, the kids are waiting for Ellie to come back with the crown. She left a long Just time ago. Just standing outside, not like anything's riding on this. What we Just ta- hanging out. No <laughs> well, we deal. talked about this last episode, that it was like, in my mind, it was a very plotty decision to send Ellie and Rufus there with the key to go Horrible get the crown, idea. right? But Horrible idea. But the runoff of it and the way that it's played in this episode is great. Just across yeah. the board, the pacing, the tension, everything. So even if that was a hiccup in the road, I think ultimately it was worth it to get uh, the excellent action we get in this episode. And I think part of it is them waiting outside this anticipation that's building there of like, when is Dodge going to show up? And of course, Dodge does. She walks in. She is calling the shadows to her. And they're like, yeah. yeah, shadows are just shadows. I think that's Tyler's yeah. line. They can. Are you kidding me, Tyler? You saw her in a ring of fire, and you've seen crazy shit. People have died, and you're going to just go like, don't worry, shadows are shadows. But fire's dangerous. Right. Unbelievable how casual they are. It's it was driving me nuts. I, and shadows it's all can't just hurt a setup. Like it's yeah. it's a structural thing. I think beat of like shadows are just shadows. You play it down Shove so you get that up your ass. insane shadows throw the car in the air thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that was awesome. Now I was when I was watching this scene, I was uh, again being sort of talking down Dodge. Uh, the I feel like this season a lot. Um, I particularly have been like, see Dodge's weakness is like overlooking characters that she like Rufus that she doesn't think are a threat Bodie or like just wallowing in like um, making people scared of her and that's what I thought this scene was but I think by the end of the episode I was wrong Dodge (laughs) is a couple steps ahead of them here Uh, and so I really love that Dodge feels like she's just doing the same old thing and in fact she was executing a wildly smart plan now, let me ask you guys, I was curious to get your take on this. 
These shadows on this show are very different from how they're executed in the comic book. In the comic book, the way that Gabriel Rodriguez draws them, there's different figures. You know, there's goblins. There's a Peter Pan shadow that comes off of Bodie. There's monsters. There's an epic shadow versus giant Tyler Walk battle that happens in one of the issues. They may still get there. This may just be a setup of it. Yeah. But these are much more... I still think terrifying, but much more generic shadow creatures. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I think it. I I was fine with it. I would never expect it to be as intricate as it was in the comic. The comic is so so specific and purposeful in the use of the shadows, and this is they're just meant to be scary. So I think it. It's, yeah, the but, medium. It doesn't translate to the medium. Yeah, but the like evil dodge shadow was pretty intense. Like it yeah. was like. That one shot where it was like her coming right at you at the screen was pretty intense. Yeah, um, i i was I was impressed with the kind of the shadow monsters. Um, I I thought they were very and for me like that whole thing where uh, well we'll get to it, but yeah, I absolutely just horrifying. Well, uh, basically the next big thing is just a huge action sequence as Dodge is attacking the house with the shadows. Uh, Bodhi immediately grabs his lightsaber, which I think is yeah, great. Only one, only person who's thinking about a plan is freaking Bodhi. He's great. It's so He's great. great. Uh, the shadows surround the house. There's a great shot there. And this is, we talked about this a little bit on last episode as well. Uh, Vincenzo Natale is a great horror director. And I think this is... This was the most horrifying episode to me. Like, the shadow sequence is very terrifying. The way that it's executed is very terrifying. Um, it's very they cool. very quickly discover... Also, uh, oh, how casual they are about going inside their house is very terrifying. You are, are hooking into this thing. Uh, yeah, and then they get inside the house, and they're running up and down the stairs going, maybe we should look out the blind, see if they're coming. Get a plan. Get ready. You're getting attacked. <laughs> what, are you ta- what are you talking about? Why are you mad at them? They don't know what's coming. Because they're for just them. running around going, ah, you know, like they're kids, what? and there's a, sh- a series yeah, of yeah, shadows. What would you do? What would you, you do, bar- Pete? You barricade the door. You see what weapons you have. You make a plan of who's going what where. Come on, Pete. There's a global pandemic happening, and it took you literally a week to get out of New York City. What are you doing? <laughs> Hey, I'm out, though. I'm out. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, and you're in a safe in the country, right? You didn't go to another city. That's right. <laughs> the country of Philadelphia. If you're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey, I'm outside of Philly, okay? I'm outside. Not far. Not far enough. <laughs> Ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm, I'm just saying, Pete, I think the shadows are coming for you specifically. Oh, shit. Grab your lens. I'm fucking ready. 24-7. Um, uh, the Bodie's lightsaber, I thought, was such a, like, pure character-y choice that I loved. It was so, like, it, yeah, I've, I think I've said this before. When I see characters in TV shows specifically do things that are so purely, purely them, it makes me cheer up. It makes me cry. Dude. Right then. When well, he had I also lightsaber. think, uh, not to get too... What about too... when he put the thing on the end? That was unbelievable. It was great. Uh, here's another thing is that, like... So many shows and so many movies pay tribute to Star Wars, right? But it always feels it always feels like very specifically referencing another movie, another fictional universe, you know? It's like yeah, we are people cheap. who have seen Star Wars, and it always feels yeah. a little too on the nose for me. The this worked so well because it was a lightsaber and it had the iconography of a lightsaber, but it played out in the world of lock and key. It wasn't like yeah. Bodhi set up being like any Star Wars quote you could think of. You know, he wasn't like, I got to use the force and then kills Dodge or anything like that. It was just it was there and you feel it, but it's part of what's going on with the action, which I thought was great. What? You seem very you- dubious. Do you think? I know I agree with you. I was just imagining him saying a line from Star Wars randomly. <laughs> That's uh, a wizard. I didn't think they smelled so bad on the outside or whatever. <laughs> um, do, but let me ask you a serious question. Do you think that he is um, Emperor Palpatine's son? Uh, <laughs> great question. Uh, Ser- Bodhi, it's a serious question. <laughs> Bodhi does look like a young Ian McDermott, so I'm going to say yes. Think about it. Prequel. Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, so, yeah, just to kind of uh, go through this whole action sequence here, and then we can kind of go back and talk about specific moments if you like. Um, but 
as you mentioned, uh, there's some great shots of Bodie running down the hallway. Um, he ties the matchstick key to the lightsaber. Um, like a boss. Yeah, they realize before this point that, of course, turning on lights turns off the shadows. Bodie cracks it. Yeah, and there's such a nice effect here, I think, oh, of... So cool. It's not like the shadows scream and fade away. It's you turn on the lights and they're gone. I and love it's just that. such a nice, clean cut and so silent. It's great. Yeah, the and action to the stillness was so good. It's such a, like, uh, you know, like a little kid being afraid of monsters in the dark. Like, as soon as you turn the lights on, like, I really love that. It felt like such a cool kind of creepy thing from childhood. Uh, one thing the Shadow Monsters also did was pour out Rendell's ashes yet again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. kind of, it is hard to get those ashes back in an area. Yeah. It's just shaking them like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. God. At the end of the forever. episode where they finally pour his ashes into the ocean, I'm like, how much of him is honestly left? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they added up costing, like, oh, this is like a hand's worth of ashes. Yeah. They yeah. stand there and they do the comedy thing where the ashes blow back on them and they're like, <laughs> Yeah, oh. that'd be fun. Uh, Shadow Dodge grabs Tyler. They play with the lights a little bit. Um, there's uh, he ties the key to the lightsaber. He's mentioned the matchstick key. The lights in the house go out. They've cut the breaker. At which point, uh, they grab flashlights and they break apart to try to get the breaker going. Distract Dodge. Take care of her. Yeah. Great idea. Split up. Split well, up. I love this from a thematic perspective because I love Kinsey going down to the basement. Uh, and falling because that plays into her whole fear with Sam Lesser. Like yeah. that's her being trapped in a place, her being taken somewhere. Well, oh, Pete, you're raising your hand, which I'll mention. Uh, we are live streaming this a couple of places, and, and somebody was like, "I'm only here to see Pete raise his hand." So uh, go ahead, Pete. Okay, so the whole like somebody reaching through st- st- uh, stairs to grab your leg is like one of my worst nightmares. Like as a kid, the house that we had <laughs> had these stairs that were like, uh, you know, just that you could reach through them. And it was just, like so scared of that all the time to see that actually happen on screen was such a creepy. And then when she got pulled under, I was like, oh, she's dead. Well, Kinsey's dead. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Big change. That was big change. Yeah, was that was a choice. And <laughs> that that's, was... that's especially fucked up, Pete, because your brother had a crown of shadows, right? <laughs> and he would always yeah. like prank the shit out of you. Yeah. Oh man, it was the worst. Uh, so yeah. Which yeah, keys gets... did you have in your uh, arsenal? Mostly the rage key. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. wow, that still works. <laughs> still, still milking it. Uh, she gets dragged under by monsters. She uses fire to get them away. Uh, Bodhi sees the shadow dodge. And stabs her straight through with the matchstick key oh, and sets her on fire. It's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Very, Very cool. cool. Uh, at which point, Kinsey gets the lights back on and they see that Dodge is unconscious on the floor. She's still breathing and she has no crown. So, yeah. And then everybody gets super casual with them just being around a dead body. So I'm yeah. going to ask... At when, when did you start to put it together? Like, at what point did you start putting together what was going on? Uh, not immediately. Um, but as soon as they said, uh, where's the crown of shadows? Who cares? I'm like, oh, that's not her. Yeah, no. <laughs> and right. then, because as soon as she was down there with no crown on, all of a sudden, no, nobody cares about the crown of shadows that they were just fighting for their lives. Nobody cares. And then as soon as um, Bodie went to get Rufus, that's when I was like, it's Ellie. Yeah. No. Oh, really? I well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize it was Ellie until she got thrown. Mm. Yeah, man, that was fucked up. That was yeah. fucked up. Now, we'll get there thing, in a second. Another thing that I thought was odd is they're like, "Quick, get the Omega key." I was like, "What are you doing? Don't get it right now." She's just, yeah. just passed out there. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and why are you monologuing your plan in front of somebody who is the bad guy who's just laying there with their eyes closed? And also, they hid the key, the Omega key, just in the cabinet. That's, yeah. that's not, not a good a hiding good, place. No. Yeah, just like right there. That's the worst. <laughs> that's worse like than a, all the other hiding even, spaces we've talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Cho, even put it Mark behind ghost something. came back from beyond the grave. He's like, hide it in an obvious place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I did. <laughs> put it behind a curtain. <laughs> also, I, when Bodie. Under a hat. Uh, when Tyler was like, hey, yeah, I have a knife. I was just like, well, why don't you take that knife? And then stab Dodge. Just stab Dodge. Well, but also, like, especially when, like, they're, they're like, oh, they, this key's super important. 
and I think last episode they were like, oh, don't worry, Tyler hid the key. And I was like, and that's where he fucking put it? That's where he, that was, he was like, well, don't worry, we're I'll handle it. Like, he put it in his pocket. This is somehow worse. <laughs> he put it's like it when in. I play hide and seek with my daughter, who's three, and I'm like, well, there's like four places to hide. Yeah. And she's better at hiding than, than that. My son wow. does that too. My son will like hide just around the corner somewhere. It'll peek out his head a little bit. And then yeah. I'll cover out the corner and be like, did you know I was there? And I'm like, yes, of course I knew you were there. I saw you. You showed me your face. But every once in a while, he gets me. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> my whole story. I thought that was going somewhere, but it actually Wait, yeah, he gets you? Like, he hides so well that you can't find him? It's just, uh, there's such a volume of hiding that I wait think eventually he has to win. What? Wait, yeah, yeah, are what? you saying that he he outsmarts you? I, he, everyone's I'm very curious. I, I, like after a while, you're like, "All right, I give up." And he's like, "He's painted his what face to match volume? the wallpaper." Well, here's what I'm saying. So I don't know about you guys, but I've been home with my children a lot, and uh, my me. son. I'm in a dark void. I'm in an abyss. <laughs> <laughs> no one can find me here. He, yeah, you're behind the black door over there. I want to yeah. say approximately. Every five to ten minutes, he's hiding somewhere in some room of the house, and it's usually right around the corner. But there's just occasion. Scared of you? No, <laughs> not Are that you... sort of hiding. He's hiding okay. to jump out I and scare know, us. Man. Every five minutes, he's running away and hiding somewhere. It sounds like you're not nice to your kids, man. Uh, he's actually not even asleep right now. He's just hiding under the podcast studio that I have set up. That's I hate to normal, tell you, right? I think he's just, I think he's the mic you're talking into. He's painted his head to match. All right. We got to start this again. We got to start this again and record this again. Uh, because he got me. He got me good this time. He is a master of disguise, and I've always said that about him. <laughs> he is the original pistachio disguise. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they uh, assume that Dodge is asleep for a very long time since Yeah, clearly... just yes. <laughs> so horrible. Uh, Bodie gets the emoji key for the cabinet. Uh, they decide they want to throw her in the well house. This is something that was established the last episode, that if you throw her through the well house, the echo will disappear. Um, but they right. don't that have the echo key. That goes out the window. So that plan is out the window. Uh, instead, they decide, hey, why don't we just throw her through the black door down in the drowning caves? And Bodhi's like, I'm out of here. Going to check on Rufus and see if he's okay. Yeah. And, so now this, like, I, like yeah. I said, I love this show. I love this episode. This is the section where I was like, how many bad decisions can these characters make in a yeah. row? Oh, it was like, killing me. Oh, we killed her. She's fine. She's just sleeping. Quick, get out the thing that she wants and has tried to kill us for the whole time. And let's just put it in our pocket and I'll carry it right. It will be right next to me while I'm carrying her very nicely and respectfully. And then we'll take her for like a long journey carrying yeah. a body, right? Um, and and while we're doing that, let's send our f- brother, who's ten, I want to say, to <laughs> just go do an errand, right? To go run yeah, well, a friend the errand. The other thing on the other end of the spectrum, Dodge's plan is predicated on a lot of different things here. Yes, and I think though the reason it works or kind of works is that eventual reveal, and there's the big spoiler from the end of the episode. I don't know why you'd be scared to hear this. You probably watched the entire episode if you're listening to this already. But yeah. that Lucas is Dodge, is Gabe. And there are little indicators in the scene that Gabe is kind of nudging everybody in this direction. And yeah. again, I think that's the reason it works. It's not overt. It's not in your face, but there are definitely points where Gabe's like, oh, yeah, that would be a good idea. Why don't we go for that? Yeah, yeah, let's go for that. Yeah. And that's the thing that sends them in that direction. But it is, much to the credit of the creators of the show, very subtly done so that you are eventually surprised by that reveal at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, And to that point, we should mention uh, they bring all of their friends together, Eden, Jackie, Scott, and Gabe all gather there. Jackie apologizes to Tyler and is like... I think we're good. So they're not back yeah, no together. No need to apologize. Yeah, and they're not back together, but uh, they're doing pretty well. And I love this too. We talked about this the last episode, but I love getting the kid gang together and having them all yeah. work together. It's a, it's fun to see everybody together in this last episode. Yeah, I agree. And they're obviously, they all trust each other. None of them are like, wait, is this a magic person or did you just kill like your babysitter? 
Yeah, sure. We'll right. help you throw yeah. her body into a door. Yeah. I'll, oh, that was my the casual part. Like, hey, uh, where's that uh, body you guys uh, completely forgot about uh, since uh, new people arrived and you just started talking casually like there isn't a dead body in the house? Oh, it's right over here in this room on the floor. It's a classic. You gotta be kidding me. It's a classic don't tell mom the babysitter's dead situation, as we mm. all know. That's how we all we refer all to it. And uh, that's couple, a movie we watched to prepare for this podcast. And yes, we'll be continuing we'll be to quote recapping from it that. We'll be recapping that immediately afterwards. The uh, dishes are done, man. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of quick things to mention from here. Uh, Scott uh, wants to kind of just move on and deal with the demon. I thought that was fun. Also, there's a quick bit yeah. where Eden is trying to take a pic of Dodge, and Kizzy's like, don't post that. That was funny. Which is very funny. But again, very casual with a dead body. Yes. For uh, They bring Dodge through the woods. They talk about their plans. Uh, they establish that the drowning caves are on low Scott, tide. Scott yes, was Pete. hilarious. Way he was like, people were like, oh my God, that's a demon. Scott was like, no, of course this is a demon. This is clearly a demon. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, they all agree to go down to the drowning caves, at which point... We get uh, Bodie goes to the weeded house and he sees Rufus is knocked out and freaks out. Uh, and only Rufus yeah. is there. Uh, we'll get back to him in a second. Um, big, th- another big sequence. Uh, they all go to the caves. There's rumblings. Uh, Kinsey has the Omega key. She doesn't want to open the door. Now, I want to mention something bonkers that I found mm-hmm. out the other day. I interviewed uh, Torin Barrowood, I think that's his name, who's the composer of Lock and Key, did all the music. And this was not the focus uh, for my day job. And this is not the focus of the interview at all. But uh, I was asking about the Omega Door theme, uh, the Black Door theme, and you know how he put it that together. And he said the crazy thing about that was the footage that he got back to watch, you couldn't really hear because they actually filmed it in a cave. And I think, like, watching it, I was like, this has to be a set that they filmed in. But nope, they actually filmed it in a cave. Ugh, what a nightmare. Yeah, but amazing. I would hate to do that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing amazing that they did that. Justin, if you can get over the nightmare of location, but, uh, like, for a television show, it made it look so great. Well, I mean, how do you find that? How do you find a cave with a black door already in it is my big question. Yeah, especially with the lights. And Mm -hmm. I hope that – I don't know if they opened it, but I hope no one – I hope they were more responsible than (laughs) the kids. You don't want the gaffer to get hit with a golden bullet. (laughs) Yeah. Not the gaffer. Yeah, 100%. I just couldn't believe how casual, like, okay, here's the plan. We're going to open up the door. Uh, oh, look out for golden bullets. Just dodge them. You know, no big deal. Uh, yeah, that's the plan. I'm sorry. Um, uh, what's happening? Yeah. What What hoppies? Yeah. Oh, God. What are you doing? Uh, Why are you encouraging this, Justin? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's Pete's catchphrase, wah hoppies. Oh <laughs> I love I believe, the way you said I'm, that. I'm saying it correctly. Um, sorry to co-opt that from you, Pete, but hey, that's your catchphrase. Um, I agree that this whole thing where all of a sudden Kinsey, I feel like she is us, the audience, who's like, hey, this yeah. is a bad idea. This is a Why horrible we idea. We shouldn't have done this. And I think yeah. she gets drawn to the door. She has the key. Uh, we talked about this a lot over the course of the season. Is she still being drawn because of her looking through the keyhole? And it feels like at first she is, she's drawn to the door. And then suddenly she's like, wait, this is bad. Yeah. Which uh, to me, was weird because like she wouldn't leave the door before. Like she was ready to die at that door before. And now she can be super cash, open, close it. No big deal. Well, and let me throw this. No, she's not, though. She's not doing that. And she, I, I think, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it bothers me that it was such a point that she couldn't leave and she was work, ready to die. But this, it just, she didn't have that effect at all, not even a little bit. And I wonder if it's just the fear being removed and that's the only reason or what. But that's like, what I think. I, I wanted think- a little bit more. I think because she's had her fear removed from her, the rest of them are just sort of foolishly executing this bad plan because they're scared. And she's the only one because she is doesn't have fear. She's able to be like to sense that like, oh, this is actually a bad idea. This there's something here. I'm more aware of what's going on. We shouldn't do this, but they do it anyway. Well, it could also be Tyler. Oh, go ahead. Like, hey, dad. Said the D word, and then she had. To yeah, do and they it. do move on, and they have to move quickly. But I do also wonder, and maybe this is taking too far, but I wonder if there is some sort of parallel between what's going on with Kinsey and Nina's recovery path at the same time that mm. uh, Kinsey is 
not just excising her fear, but as we've seen, she is growing new emotions and developing new emotions, ways of dealing with them at the same time. And the first time she encounters the black door, it has this very addictive effect over her. I do think you see that when she first looks through the keyhole, when she puts the key into the door, but pulls back from it. She is tempted by it and then she pushes beyond it. Uh, But ultimately is Tyler who doesn't feel that tempting effect. It feels it seems. And I think that he's the flip side. He's someone who is, he's conquered his guilt about his father's death and he feels like he's assumed his father's role in in every way. And so of course he's going to like repeat the, the decisions that his father made. He's like, dad did this. We can do it too. Yeah. And that's, that turns out to be a mistake, but, I think it's part of the the path that uh, Tyler has set himself on once he heard from Sam that um, he didn't cause his father's death. Yeah. Uh, Kinsey does a little business. She warns them, uh, since she knows about this, that there are golden bullets uh, through the other side. They open Unbelievable. it. Just and... yeah, real quick, before we open this, watch out for the golden bullets. I love You've got to be shitting me. <laughs> it's great. What I thought this was so good. are like cool uh, with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then so, I mean, see... gold, it's like golden bullets. It's like part of it's good. Yeah. Gold. It's like, uh, what's that place? Golden Corral? It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, it's same like when people thing. are if like, you, God, if you, you open the real, door that... to Gordon's Corral, yeah, it's all over for you. <laughs> you And I will say, part of going to Golden Corral is you walk out with a demon in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, and there's true. only one way to get rid of it, and it's not pretty. <laughs> now, I got I to gotta say, I watched this door opening thing a uh, couple times, because the first time around, I thought uh, Tyler was shot. Hmm. Because it so was like the, you did like a forensic JFK style analysis of the <laughs> yeah back you into seen the his left movie? back he made a into movie the left with Oliver Stone yeah it's oh, wow. very Oliver Stone yeah back it's good but it left. doesn't hold up yeah <laughs> true um, this whole thing was so Goonies I loved it it was like <laughs> oh, really yeah. just the one shot of them all uh, like pushing the pushing the door close pulling it open then pushing it closed I was just like straight out of Goonies loved it. And, and I also, the second reason I wanted to rewatch it was because when, uh, you know, Ellie or, you know, uh, Dodge, they throw Dodge in and their look on her face and being like, no, Tyler, like that was so powerful and so, uh, you know, like, oh, that they've got the wrong person. That was super clear. So I was very happy about that. Well, yeah, and I love the way they built tension here with, like, they spent way too much time watching it, looking into the the abyss there behind the door. Yeah. Um, and as soon as, this is the, the the thought I had right when this whole thing was happening was, they dodged all those bullets, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't because think it's supposed like, to be clear. Like, if you go back and look, you could probably see it if you do frame by frame like Pete. Um, but you're not necessarily supposed to know what's happened at that point because that's not the focus. The focus is more on... They're throwing Dodge in. You're supposed to think Dodge is screaming, no, 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 you've beaten me. But in fact, as we find out later, it's Ellie screaming no because she's woken up and she realizes Tyler is throwing her into this whirling mass of blackness. Which made me so mad. Yell that you're not Dodge. Yeah. I am Ellie. I'm Ellie, you assholes. What are you doing? Social security number 983. Why whenever, wouldn't you say that? That's why whenever I wake up from a deep sleep, I'm always like, I'm not a villain. <laughs> Just in yeah. case someone's trying to kill me. Smart, dude. That's smart. You joke, but that'll save your life some. Not Dodge. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they get back to the house. Tyler offers everybody some food. We don't get to see what that food is, right. whoa, which whoa, is whoa, 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 really whoa, disappointing. Back what? Up. what? All right. So this what pissed me off. Hey, wow. That was really a lot of easy. I actually had a lot of fun. Cool, let's hang out and eat food. Hey, do you guys remember your your brother, Bodie? <laughs> He's not home. This isn't fucking over. Like, what are you doing? Just, hey, let's have food. Let's hang out. Oh, gosh, wasn't that fun? A couple of people got shot with golden bullets, but nobody's talking they about it. They went down to a cave. After you get back from a cave, have some food. You're hungry. They felt That's like they ridiculous. won. Like, th- this yeah. is the point where I was like, oh, this is nice that they won, and everyone's like, we're getting a lot of their emotional stuff. It was too easy. Of course it was too easy. It was way too easy. But what I liked about it is it felt right, and then the tension slowly grows over the next couple scenes where you're like, fuck, they didn't do this. What felt right about that? Because they go back to Key House. We get to deal with Scott 
talking to Kinsey, being like, "Hey, I don't want to do this whole thruple thing." Gabe's hey, a dink. thanks for the invite for the thruple, but like, nah. I'm yeah, cool. Gabe's a dink. I've always said he's a dink. This guy's a dink. Yeah, yeah um, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I don't want to be in a yeah. thruple with a dink. Um, <laughs> and it just feel it felt like we were wrapping up their emotional beats, so it, it really made it seem like the last five minutes of a TV show. Yet there was a lot more to do. Yeah, because, in fact, pretty soon we get to the biggest scene in the episode. Uh, Daniel and Nina are laughing and chatting. He gets a call. She's very happy, but he has to leave. Uh, and in fact, he's going to talk to Bodie, uh, who says, hey, you can go see Rufus. Um, also, Ruf- that was a little crazy that, like, he was so close to handing over all police files to her. And, like, they were kind of working buddy-buddy. He gets a phone call where her son is somewhere. Uh, you know, and Rufus is hurt, and she knows Rufus. He doesn't say shit. Oh, I gotta go. Yeah. Well, police business. Uh, so yeah. he goes, uh, Bodie goes out to Rufus. Rufus says he doesn't know where Ellie is. Rufus That's gives him I the did. head That's what I did. That's like, it's definitely through her and through the door. Yeah. But he uh, gives Rufus Bodie the head key. gives him the head key, and then, here it is, biggest scene in the episode, two paramedics turn up, two friendly paramedics, oh. to make sure... That Rufus is okay, I, and it's none I other. I screamed. I'm so happy. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Rodriguez and Joe Hill as the paramedics, just like they yeah. are in the comic books. Slightly just different like scene. They are in the comic. But yeah, they show up in the final volume of the comic books as EMTs, and here they are as paramedics. That was great. It was just a great. So excited. Great to see I'm him. So I liked that it was one and then the other. Like yeah. really fun. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for the so spinoff. Cool. What are the mm-hmm. great buddy series of the two yeah, of them? Yeah, I want their I want their spin-off uh, paramedic series, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what's going on with them? Taking their paramedics, using magic keys, driving around the country, solving mysteries. Oh yeah. man. Lock yeah. and car keys. And it's a, a road trip buddy journey. Put road it Ooh, wait, trip. what about uh EM keys? Okay, good. This is all good. Uh, we're workshopping some stuff. We're workshopping it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, anyway, so uh, Bodie. How about defibrillator? And it's just them like <laughs> driving around. <laughs> that's their catchphrase. I think that's not the name of the show. That's the catchphrase. Okay. Defibrillator. Okay, that's one uh, So after this big scene, there's a couple of other scenes, I guess. Uh, Bodie asks <laughs> if they're sure. Yeah, really? It was... Alex, you've seen this too many times. Yeah. You're uh, over Bo- it. Bodie gets home. Uh, he asks them and is like, are you sure it was Dodge? Because she has an identity key, you idiots. And they're yeah. like, no, it's no, fine. Ellie is we missing. Cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's no all big good. deal. Just because Rufus's mom is gone, no worries. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're safe now. And then it's the next morning. Nina is making pancakes. She's finally cooking food that people want to eat, which is nice. Everyone Uncle is happy. All of a sudden, she's good at cooking now? Uh yeah, well she also she's carrying around the ray of fucking sunshine bug, which would have which, worried me if I was the kids that she was yeah, happy. Yeah, I'd be like, cooking. Ma, let me taste what you're I, drinking. Yeah, let me just get a little sniffy boo. Let me see what's going <laughs> yeah. on. Uh but no, she's uh happy. Enjoy she the pancakes covered with bourbon. A classic <laughs> lumberjack breakfast. Delicious. Yeah. Maybe I'll make that tomorrow. Uh she has an offhand line, which is very fun. She's like, Oh, the car's driving weird. Uh, which is very, very cute because it got flipped in the air, of course. Uh, yep. They reveal that Rufus is staying with his aunt and uncle in Nebraska, um, and Ellie is still missing. And they're all like, that's very cool. Yep. No, no further questions. No, no follow-up questions. Totally fine. Seems uh, weird. Totally fine. And then we get the b- big emotional scene. Nina says, listen, we've been here. We've been through all of this. Uh, it's time. We need to go back to Seattle. The house is yep. in shape. I don't know how it got in shape with all the shadow monsters that have been fighting in there and everything and things. No, that she refinished the mending cabinet. She was like, that's it. That's it. That's all it needed. Let's flip this house. I'm good to go. Um, but in fact, everybody likes it in Matheson. They don't want to move. Uh, Bodie has a fun line because they finally got good Wi-Fi. Very cute. Pete, you're holding yeah. your head. What's going on here? He's stressed. No, Pete's stressed. I can't believe people died, guys. And you're like, no, we like it here. I like fighting for my life, going down in a drowning cave. You but know, magic keys. Pete, they got rid of the demon. Now they just have the fun stuff, the keys. They didn't get rid of the demon. They think Shit they is going to get worse. And why didn't you leave when you had the chance? I did love how Bodie went right for the bacon. And just started mowing the bacon. That well, was they're great. not fighting, so he doesn't need to tell them to not do that in front of the bacon. Yeah, it was awesome. There you go. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they all say, uh, they, Kinsey says, 
um, that the house is part of dad, which I thought was a very sweet line. And they're like, no, we like it here. Not at first, but we like it now. We're going to stay here. Nina cries. They all have a group hug. Uh, at which point, Bodhi writes Rufus. He says he's got to find Ellie. Kinsey is keeping the keys. Uh, Bodhi says they'll come to Nebraska, home of Kool-Aid, if they get the Anywhere key. Pete, I thought of you at that moment because I felt like that was a very you reaction. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought it was uh, very, he's like, take a picture of your door. I'm going to be there. I thought that was great. Oh, I meant the Kool-Aid part is what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was such a sweet thing to be like, to try to cheer up your friend. Be like, hey, man, they got, they make Kool-Aid there, so it's got to be a great place. I thought it was super sweet. I mean, Pete, you are Bodie. You're just, you're Bodie grown up, and I don't even mean fully grown up, like a couple years, like just approaching puberty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would also say it's a little rude that they did this in this time when Kool Aid Man is missing, as we all know. Oh, um, yes. The biggest news story of the day. <laughs> I right. can't stop following it. <laughs> so I will say, that... Alex, this is wildly unnecessary to talk about, but topical. The fact that that is still going on on Twitter, <laughs> and you you are sell, like putting it out there is very funny. Thank you very much. That is well, to me. I that's think... like I can't believe that they're doing well. This. I think it just proves that Ali was the Kool-Aid man. Because <laughs> oh, she's man. missing and so is the Kool-Aid man. Wait, do you yeah. think it was not Ellie that they threw in there, but it was actually Kool-Aid man that they oh, used the identity yeah, key? Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, yeah. That's why he's missing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so a couple of quick things happened after this. Nina dumps the ashes off the cliff of the family, as we mentioned. That's very sweet. But what's left of the ashes. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the metric teaspoon of the Just ashes. Just a pinch of ash it... to drop. <laughs> uh, Kinsey talks to Gabe. We get another big moment. Uh, Tyler is going fishing. He, what? Pete, he's wearing the hat. The hat with the he's lure. Got the hat. That I part loved was it. great. I loved it. What are you nodding about? Hat, that, uh, the Gabe part. The Gabe part where, you know. Did, well, we'll get to it in a second. I, couldn't, I wanted a close-up on the hat. I can't yeah. believe we didn't get a close-up. Uh, so, again, for the day job, I've talked to the EPs of the show a bunch, and I brought up the hat thing, and I was like, are we going to see more of the hat in season two? And they're like... <sighs> Before you say it, Alex, are they like, what the fuck is with these questions? And they're like, hey, dork, why are you quite asking all these questions? Uh, yeah, it's weird. Most of the interviews I do, uh, I get stuffed in a locker by the end. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. man. So it's strange. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely were like... We know there's an important story to tell with the lure. I don't think he needs to be wearing the hat all the time. And I was like, agree to disagree, my friend. Exactly. I mean, it is if he doesn't wear it all the time, then it's going to be weird when he just decides to wear it when shit goes down. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It was still. It was nice to see. It was a nice Easter egg for the fans. For those of you who haven't read the comic books, the lure is a big deal in the comic books. He wears the hat all the the time. The hat is a big deal. The hat is well, and the hat, and it's a big deal for a plot reason later. But it's a big deal for Tyler the character because it's his dad's hat. That's (laughs) and that's the thing that signifies that he is has moved past his uh, trauma of causing his dad's death. What he thinks, and he that's when he takes on the role of like leading the family. And I think it's the some- the I don't know if it's a jacket or a pullover or whatever it is, uh, the the thing that he's wearing, the flannel thing that he's wearing from his dad, yeah. I think yeah. that has taken the place of the hat emotionally. Yes. So it's fine. The emotional yeah. coat. Yes, exactly. Like- I mean, I, I've said this perhaps before. My father died and I wear his clothes constantly. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but I just think that, like, what was Nobody nice about that. <laughs> What was great about the hat thing is just like it really was a part of who he was. And then when he like stopped wearing it, that was uh, like such a statement. So to him, not be wearing the hat is just a, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. Because he has a long way to go. He has to go through so much. And the fact that he's not starting this adventure wearing the hat is a little weird. You need, he needs to, you're saying he needs to wear the hat for this journey. Yeah. Mm. For him to really grow. Just like you need to wear a hat all the time. That's not true, but I'm wearing one right now. Um, All right, let's get to one of the big twists here, though. Uh, At this point, Gabe rides away on his bike, and the flashbacks... Well, and Kinsey's dating Gabe. Kinsey's dating Gabe. Right. Which I think is... dating Gabe. Fucked up. That's just fucked up from the jump. Before we learn anything else about this dink, the fact that Kinsey's dating him, (laughs) already not into it. 
Yeah. Well, he's, as you mentioned, like, I think I could talk freely about it now because we're all in the same amount of episodes. Uh, I've watched this episode. Uh, no, not me. I, I stopped right at this point. <laughs> Wait, is there, like, are you, you guys going to talk about the end? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're going to spoil this for you. Uh, Gabe is an asshole, like absolutely an asshole across the board. Like he's a very subtle asshole, but he definitely is a jerk and a bad choice for her. Um, so I agree with you. I'll also mention, well, let's go through this and then I'll mention the thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, but Gabe rides a bike. The flashbacks start to push through all the pieces. They start to come together. Uh, we start to realize that Gabe is Dodge is Lucas. We see that uh, with the identity key. Geez. And uh, I will say, let me stop you real quick. Yeah. First off, when we first started following Gabe, I was like, oh, no, I don't like following yeah. Gabe. This is I don't want to see something. Yeah, as soon as we did, I was like, I knew it. Uh, yeah, it was good. He was good. And then secondly, like it explains so much why Dodge was just not around a lot. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much where we just didn't see Dodge and it felt like, oh, just Dodge is like waiting and abiding uh, her time. When in fact she was there the whole time, the just whole as time. Gabe, I, I, just so good. Yeah. Well, so I, what I wanted to talk about was in the comic book. Again, if you haven't read it, if you're listening to this, um, Lucas is Dodge. We initially meet him as Dodge, then he changes into Lucas. Um, but Lucas is masquerading as a student at what's called Lovecraft Academy in the books. There's a student named Zach. And so when Gabe first showed up on the show with that lobster costume, it was like, hey, I'm in new in town. I was like, oh, that's Zach. So that's Dodge immediately from the get-go. And it really wasn't until the Lucas reveal that I was like, what's happening here? I thought he was evil. I thought he was Dodge the entire time. Is there something else going on here? And that's the point that confused me. Um, I don't, but if I didn't have that comic book knowledge, I do think this twist is great, particularly because you do have that initial, uh, Lucas Dodge twist, so you're not suspecting that there's another twist on pod, on top of that. Yeah. But in the comic, she did date, uh, you know, Dodge or Zach. So it's like right, yeah. and I think it also makes sense, uh, particularly because uh, Liza, Liza, I think it's Liza, uh, Dio Vera, Oliveira, and Felix Mallard who play. Uh, Dodge and Lucas, respectively, they look so similar, and they're also clearly a little older, even though he's supposed to be a teenager. But then you cast Griffin Gluck as Gabe, and he looks the right age. So he looks different. He looks separate from all of them. So you don't suspect at all that they're the same person in the same way that when Felix Mallard shows up as Lucas, you can be like, that looks like Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. Which was great. It was purposefully, artistly, like, you know, the artist kind of gave us those little hints in that. So it was great. Yeah. Uh, it is weird that Dodge is hooked up with Tyler and Kinsey. Yes. And yeah. they even show that in the montage of Kinsey and Gabe kissing and then Dodge and Tyler kissing. Um, just got to get po- Bodie and then you get the hat trick. That's what I'll... Oh, come on, man. What? Come on, Good. dude. That's the thought to leave this season with. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not done. There's more <laughs> yeah. stuff. Uh, so Dodge changes Ellie using the identity key to look like her, knocked her out and switched her. Uh, Bodie only killed the shadow Dodge. That's what we learned. They have a nice shot going down from the balcony to the lower level of Key House. Uh, they threw Ellie into the black door, as we talked about. And the other now, now last... Wait, so, so okay. I mean, first off, we started talking about this. They should have been smarter about the missing crown. Yeah, that, that's clear here. Yes, uh, just like what a galactic error. Um, and then I was like, okay, great. This episode is great. Great reveals. Great switcheroo. Great thing. And then this next reveal. Eden gets hit by one of the golden bullets from the door and infected. And when we next see her, where Gabe was riding his bike to was the same diner where Dodge was eating a huge meal. She's eating a huge meal. She and Gabe talk, and we end zooming out over Matheson as thunder and lightning gather over, crashing in the background. And that is the end of season one. You know what? Great. First off, great. Second off, that diner's full of demons. Yeah. Why do demons keep going to eat this diner? It's a demon-heavy diner. It's like a Denny's. 
<laughs> Denny's are all de- mostly demons there after midnight. Most of the diners I go to are no shirt, no shoes, no demons, no service. But I guess uh, not that place. And let me also say, Alex, a lot of demons don't adhere but to those rules. And yeah. I will also say a lot of humans don't adhere to the no shirt, no shoes part of that either. Right. Where I'm Fair. from. <laughs> Um, all right. So that is season one. That is episode 10. Uh, before we start to wrap this up here, usually we unlock our key moments. Uh, first though, I want to talk about predictions for season two and it still hasn't officially been picked up. They have opened a writer's room, so they are writing the scripts for a season two. If there is nice. in fact a pickup, I think uh, we talked about this in the podcast before we would expect, that there would have been some sort of announcement towards the beginning of this month. Obviously, things have changed in the world, so I'd expect that announcement yeah. to take a little while. Um, but the show is a big hit. I think there's every chance that there is going to be a season two. So if that does happen, what would you want to see? What What is kind of your number one ask for season two of Lock and Key? I wanted to see better decisions being made. <laughs> and I wanted to see <laughs> Bodie making decisions. Bodie's and- in charge. Yeah, the I want Bodie in charge and the, these fucking assholes to get lined. Like, what the fuck, man? Can you imagine? If I can't you, wait for season two. If you had a, a brother much younger than you, like Bodie, you'd be like, "Yeah, you're in the driver's seat, bro." Dude, he's the only one doing things properly. He fucking uh, put the key on the top of the lightsaber and fucking murdered a shadow demon. Nobody else did that shit. Yeah, that was a huge mistake, though. That's what led up to their eventual uh, fooling and uh, put him in a very bad position to go. At oh, the end don't of the you bin that bullshit on Bodhi? How dare you? No, nope, Bodhi's fault. No, it is He's not. He's too good with a lightsaber. Justin, like, do you uh, have any asks for season two? Uh, I. I mean, what I love about the way this ends is it's this whole season we've been like, these kids are unprepared to defeat this demon chasing them. And then it's like, oh, they did. Great. But the setup for season two where they've, again, they are way behind the eight ball. They, they don't know that Gabe's been a demon this whole time. They have a mole in their team. Um, they are missing some key keys. Uh, and now there's a second demon. Um, so I guess that's more of a... a I love how the, this has been set up to have them truly even further behind than they were at the very beginning of this whole series. A. B. What I do want to see is, I don't know if these demons are going to get along the whole time. I was yeah. like, what? They don't, they probably have separate ideas of what they want. So I think that's, some, that's something, that's something I want to yeah, see. Yeah. And also it's going to be like a hierarchy, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, listen, you're the new demon. I've been running shit, you know. You're like the Bodhi demon. Eden's, Eden's a wild card. She's not going to fall in line with that shit. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to see that. I tell you, her that. Instagram's going to be bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Release the Instagrams. That's uh, what we need. Thing I'm most psyched for, and this is even necessarily in the show yet, but more history. You know, this is something that plays out a lot in the comic books that we've talked about on the podcast that goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War. Look at this. Look at this nerd. He just wants more history. He wants to learn about a history book. You know, I brought this up to the EPs and they shoved my face into a toilet and flushed it so many times. Oh, man. That's funny, man. Some of us live that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'd be very excited to see that part of the comic book. And I think that's a way of like really opening up the world a lot and opening up the worlds in the way that not just they're probably going to make it through all six volumes of the comic book series by the end of a season two. But that's something that could open a lot of doors for them because they have been so creative and going in different directions here for a season three and a season four and beyond, which I think would be a very smart move. I mean, I got to think so for- uh, oh, for the next season, sorry, real quick, um, talking about other volumes, I feel like you could do a whole season built around um, traveling around in different time periods. Yeah. Also, I want point. some some more uh, grave stuff. You know, we got to meet a ghost in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, no, that would be a lot of fun. It is weird. We met that ghost, and we're like, later. Yeah, he was like, I'd love to see you again. Come back and play anytime, Bodhi. And Bodhi was like, never. Yeah, not busy, dude. Hey, ghost. Bodhi said he went went back. Yeah, off screen. So I don't know how much it still happened. (laughs) Prove it, Bodhi. Bodhi's Bodhi's treating that ghost like a relative he doesn't really want to see that much. Yeah. All right. Uh, One uh, other thing. One other thing I want to say. 
I mean, there was this one shot of this, so we didn't get a lot of it, but um, when they're in the drowning cave, the doors open, golden bullets flying out and uh, crashing into the cave wall and sort of cooling down into metal, um, which uh, from the comic book world is called Whispering Iron. Um, so I'm very curious um, how that will play. Um, I think yeah. that will be something that is used in the next season. I agree. Um, yeah. And I don't also, want to get yeah. into this too much spoiler with like what happens at the end of this the comic book series, but I think um, that that uh, that direction makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Also, it was weird that nobody was like, "Hey, we should check into these golden bullets," and instead of just leaving the cave. Well, but uh, you don't usually chase down the where the bullet goes, right? Exactly. Uh, Great. Are you, were you the one of the kids that picked up all of his BB gun, the BBs he shot? Exactly. Got every single one. Yeah. All reusable. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night, currently directly to the internet on Crowdcast and YouTube. So definitely join us there. Uh, but regularly, once we're allowed to be live again over at the Pit Loft in New York City, totally free. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the podcast. Uh, also, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more there's one other thing i usually do but oh you say pip oh, don't slip oh pip don't slip uh, you say, hey guys i love both of you thank you for joining me on this journey <laughs> <laughs> socially lock and key pod on twitter instagram and facebook and once you lock you just can't stop Wait, Alex, did you talk about how this isn't the end of this podcast, that we're actually doing more stuff? No, uh, I didn't talk about that, actually. Uh, we That's are a good thing, because people might just be like, later, delete, I'm going to move yeah, on Yeah, don't to- delete it, because uh, we don't know exactly when it's going to go up, uh, but we are going to be doing, at some point, a conversation, a spoiler-heavy season conversation with none other than Gabriel Rodriguez. Uh, oh, so- you mean that EMT? Yeah, the EMT, the EMT asking, like, from the show? Medical advice, what it's like working with Rufus and getting him to the oh, hospital. Um, but we're going to have more stuff like that. And, of course, we love Lock and Key. There are more comics coming as well. So uh, if that comes up and when that comes up, we'll try to restart the co- podcast as well, as well as whenever a season two happens. Uh, but regardless, yes. thank you all for listening so much and following along over the course of the season, over the course of our recap of the comic. Um, we will check you all later. We'll be back very soon. I have a lot of questions for that EMT about uh, defibrillators. <laughs> <laughs>